Welcome back to this week's episode of the Let's Talk Details podcast. This week, we are answering all of your questions and your assumptions about us. And honestly, because we get them in our DMs every day, uh, we know you have them. So we were like, yo, let's just create a podcast episode about it. And I'm kind of curious, like, should we make this a regular thing? Should we not? We had a lot of fun answering it. It just felt like we were sitting over coffee. So maybe grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab your chai, grab your water and enjoy this episode. If you're new around here, welcome. I am one of the co-hosts. My name is Claire and I run a wedding planning business. Bree, you will also hear her voice on this podcast and basically every podcast. She is a digital marketer and brander. Brander? That doesn't feel right, but she does marketing and branding. (laughs) She is amazing. So We are so thrilled to have you here, whether this is your first listen or your 75th listen. Not that that's possible because we don't have 75 episodes yet. We will get there. If you haven't already, I have to tell you about this thing that actually is better than any Christmas present to us, and that is leaving a review. A written review is like straight up gold, magic, bliss, glitter, sparkles, flowers, all the best things in the world. It's all of that combined and then some. So if you have a moment, pause this episode, leave a written review, let us know what you think, and we would so greatly appreciate it. We're talking everything from tips on how to effectively market yourself as you're a new business owner. We are talking, does it matter where you live when you're starting a business? And may or may not be answering the question about whether or not we led a small group. You know, am I always dehydrated because I drink water, drink coffee, not water, coffee. Wow. This intro, (laughs) very candid, but I am thrilled to have you here and we're going to kick off this episode in three, two, one. Hey there, you're listening to the Let's Talk Details podcast with Bree Cooper and Claire Roach, two entrepreneurs with widely different backgrounds, but one common purpose to embolden and educate you to take your wedding business to the next level. All while having fun and reminding you of the truth we often forget, that you can do it and you are a rock star. Each week, we'll show up to provide you with effective online marketing strategies for small businesses in the wedding industry, practical wedding planning tips and tricks for the modern bride with two BFFs that you didn't know you needed. It's the Let's Talk Details podcast, and we're so dang glad you're here. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Details podcast. Today's episode is one that we've never done before and probably should have done it a lot earlier than this, but we had so many ideas as to what we wanted to share with you. So we were like, no, but we're here today and we are going to answer your questions. And we put question boxes on Instagram, things you wanted to ask us, which is exciting to be able to answer those. And then we're going to integrate some assumptions that you have about us. And we'll let you know if they're true or false. Some of them are quite a hoot. Honestly, it's like, uh, at least none of them were like super mean, you know? (laughs) They're pretty accurate, actually. (laughs) They're pretty accurate, most of them. But anyways, I'm sure there are plenty of things you might assume about us. If you still have assumptions, let us know. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. All right. So let's just kick it off with our first question. 
And this is for both of us, Brie. What does your typical day look like? Ooh, okay. Do you want me to start? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I get up around 7.30. This is so specific. I get up around 7.30 and I have a little corgi named Socrates. And so I have to feed him breakfast and let him out. And then I will go and take a shower and get ready for the day. And then I'll check my email and with my coffee. And then around, and I'll do some work until like noon and I'll go for a walk around, around my neighborhood. And then I'll just like keep working until, <laughs> until I don't have any work anymore. No, I'm kidding. You would never stop working then. You need to. <laughs> I just never stop, stop working. Working at a certain time. Yeah. I, t- I take breaks throughout the day. Like I'll go for a walk mm-hmm. or maybe I'll go to the store or maybe I'll, you know, clean the house or whatever it is, like mindless, something I right. can take a break from. Um, but we just moved into this new house. And so I have a little office. And so it feels very official that yeah. I have my own space for work that I can just close the door and just be like, goodbye. Yes. Um, and then, yeah. And then I'll make dinner or my husband will make dinner. We'll have dinner together. And then, I don't know, we'll watch like a rom-com or something at night Cute. to relax. I love it. <laughs> Sometimes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do like my, I just actually hired a personal trainer, Great. which has been so lovely because I'm like, I need to build up some strength. And so she's been coming every Tuesday and Thursday. So that is incorporated in my day. But other than that, it just, yeah, breaks mm-hmm. out the day. Very important. If you haven't listened to our episode about rest, you need to. It's like one of the first like three episodes or so. We talk about yep. it. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's kind of my day. It's It kind of varies, but great. yeah. How about you, Claire? What does your day look like? Well, I'm going to give you the ideal day, which happens Ooh. probably three to four times a week. So just know that this isn't always what happens. But I wake up somewhere between 6.30 and 7, and I get up. And my process is, nobody cares about this, but I'm going to tell you anyways. My (laughs) process is, thank you. I get up, brush my teeth right away. Always. I don't like not doing that. I don't know how people do it when they don't, honestly. So anyways, do that. And then I go start my coffee maker while my coffee is brewing. I make my bed and then I go grab my coffee. And then I take my Bible and my journal and my book. Actually, right now I'm reading the book Deep Work. And it's so good. Brie, if you haven't already read it, you should read it. It's changing my work day positively. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully it's not an audiobook because Claire knows I don't read. I think it is an audiobook. Most books are. So anyways, I'm reading that book and then I get ready and then I go and go for my beach walk and I get a cup of coffee. I've reached this point with the baristas at that coffee shop that they know my name and my order when I walk in. It's like the best. It's like the best. It's like to be truly known is just glorious. Seen. <laughs> truly. So I do that. And then I go for my beach walk. While I'm on my beach walk, I usually listen to a book and, um, or a podcast. And then I come back and I get ready and I start my day. Usually I start my work day anywhere from like 9 30 to 10 30 depending I have like really tried to be a morning worker and it just it just doesn't work super well for me honestly I'm not my best self so it's better for me to push it and then I work really great later in the day so in a typical day I have meetings with brides or grooms usually over zoom 
We'll do venue walkthroughs. Um, I have really two different main types of workday. I have a meeting workday and then I have like a, I think you'd call it like a staging workday where like two days out of the week, I have no meetings or very minimal meetings unless they're emergencies. And it's my day to just like get deep work done. So I've restructured my days so that I have two days a week where I know that I can just like get stuff done and I get so much more done in like the short amount of time that I have on those days um, than I was before. I mean, I was, I, I would say I always accomplished what I needed to get done, but now it feels like with a lot more ease and like, it's a lot quicker. So anyways, staging days and then meeting days. So staging days, I'm sitting at my computer most of the day and I'm like blocking out my time. Either I'm building out a design or I'm doing a lot of emails. There's a good amount of my time that is devoted to emails because that's just a huge part of wedding planning, but I try to not like live in my inbox. And so I do the beginning of my day, usually just empty my inbox. And then I also empty my messages, my text messages. I'm a big texter with our clients and our couples. So I do my best to answer them, but I've learned that I have had to like build a lot more structure and into my days. And I think Brie, you've probably felt this a little bit where it's like before I kind of would do anything at any time. And it left me feeling like on the verge of burnout and I don't want that. So the way for me to combat that is to just like, instead of answering everything right when I get it, which is my my gut response is to, I save them for like when I feel ready to give attention to it. Cause otherwise I'm spending a lot more time on it than if I just commit like 20 minutes in the morning. So I don't think any day is typical, right? It's like every day looks different, but meeting heavy, phone call heavy, yeah. or like yeah. getting a lot of like work done. I don't know. It's it's It looks different every day. And I strive to get some movement in. Like I do like a strength workout most days in my living room. And then I have my personal life. I feel like I want to try that. Your Your... What staging days. The days. I have the to say days. that staging is days. a hunter thing. Hunter roar. She's the best. Oh, I was cool. talking to her. I had another phone call with her because I was starting to feel like the business has grown faster this year than I was. I feel like we were ready for it, but I also, there's no way to really anticipate like significant growth. I guess, I don't know. Part of me is like, if you're a new wedding planner listening to this, you should just implement this into your life right now because I would have saved Yeah. Or like not what, like any, yeah. any person that owns their own yes. business. So there's two days where you don't, Hunter encouraged me, again, I would encourage anybody to like do a consult call with Hunter because she can get to know your business, but we'll leave that link in the show notes. But she had said, okay, based off of my work, you should do two staging days where I do get a lot of work done. And those are the days that if I like am feeling like I'm exhausted or whatever, I can sleep in a little bit because I don't have meetings right in the morning. Um, and then I'll have two tip. I'll do two full days of meetings where it's usually like top to bottom. I'm in meetings all day. And then my last day. So for me, Monday and Wednesday are staging days, Tuesday, Thursday are meeting days. And then Fridays are somewhere in between. I like to have a good block of time in my afternoon to get deep work done, to like be able to really know I have time to get something done. And then I'll have sometimes have meetings in the evenings. Cause the reality is like, 
as a business owner, if you're meeting with couples or clients, they likely have a nine to five. Like if somebody's hiring you to do something, they likely have a job that's pulling them. So you need, for me, I've had to figure out like, how can I honor somebody else's job by offering times to meet that are outside of the typical work day? So that's what I do. And I really try not to work on weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely never work Sundays. Definitely never work Sundays. Unless you have Definitely wedding. never work. And most of the time, yeah. try not to work Saturdays. So that didn't really answer the question, but it's complex. It's so nice. Thank you. I think you did. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Next question is best tips to earn more revenue in the wedding planning industry. Now, Brie, I want you to start with this one because I feel like you have insight as to other ways to like diversify income. I guess you could say wedding industry, but also because that's definitely your niche yeah. feels to me. But just business in general. Yeah. So I think what 2020 taught us is that businesses need to be flexible. You need to be flexible. And what I mean by that is you need to have other ways that you are getting income. (laughs) You -hmm. need to have more than one way because if one way doesn't work out because of, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like a global pandemic, I can collapse (laughs) something. Um, We're just living through history over here. But if one thing doesn't work out, you want that other to fall back on. And the businesses that didn't yeah. make it are the ones that didn't have that and then didn't adapt quick enough mm-hmm. to to combat that. And so I always say have more than one revenue stream. It's important. It really is. Because if, if something ever happens again, you want to be able to be adaptable. And so mm-hmm. think about ways that you can have a different revenue stream. I always think based on your brand pillars, and we've talked about this, your brand pillars, you should have ideas for different revenue streams based on your brand pillars. Like if you, if one of your, if mm-hmm. like Claire is one of her brand pillars is education. So she has lots of details workshop. We have this podcast. And so like she's implementing that as a different revenue stream for her. Right. Mm-hmm. But the people who are like just one thing and are relying on mm-hmm. <laughs> circumstances that are normal, but you know, in this day and age, maybe won't be. That's where you can get into some trouble. So I always recommend d- diversifying your income and think of ways that you could help people in different ways. Think about what you're passionate about. Like, do photographers need to know um, if you're mm-hmm. a white photographer? Do you, or do you get stuck on poses? Then offer a little mini course on poses. If you, you know, if you are a florist offer a class on floral Mm -hmm. arrangements like that sounds so fun you know and so think about just think about other ways you can diversify your income and 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 it should be all based off of what you're passionate about Mm -hmm. absolutely I think that's a really good answer I think when you're just starting out that can sound intimidating because an online course of any sort feels like I need to like have a ton of experience And at least that's how I felt. Cause I would hear people say that. And I would be like, literally, I'm just barely making it as is. So if you're a new wedding planner, I'm going to speak to that specifically. If you're a new wedding planner, maybe your goal, like I'm a big fan of setting goals over time, right? So you have like a one month goal. This is something we do at the Let's Talk Details workshop is at the end of the workshop, we talk about goals and how we're going to achieve them. And so we have one month goal, we have, you know, a six month goal, we have a year goal and we have a five-year goal. So usually you want to start with your five-year goal and then you move back. So, um, so maybe your five-year goal or your year goal is to have an online course. 
okay, well, what does that look like today? You have to build up a reputation and you have to build up credibility that you are not only a wedding planner, but an educator. And that does not just happen overnight, right? So from when you start, you want to be start, start to build that. So like, I didn't necessarily do this intentionally because I didn't think that I would ever launch an online course, which when I did wedding tip Wednesday, I had like two or 300 followers and I just wanted to share tips, <laughs> but inadvertently I have positioned myself in a way that that's kind of how people know me now, maybe not wedding tip Wednesday, but a willingness to share. Right. So I would say your month goal, if you are wanting to diversify your income is to start sharing tips online for free. And I'll just say this, like Instagram and TikTok are different, but on our TikTok, the videos that generally do the best actually just have one tip. Like I have videos where there's like five tips or whatever, the singular tips do so much better because people's attention span is shorter and they can finish a, a whatever 10 second video and video completion is a big deal in TikTok world. So anyways, sure. um, it doesn't have to be super in depth. You don't have to build an online course today, but start building that reputation. And then I would also say, um, start small. Like what does it look like to have a wedding day emergency checklist available for purchase for $2. Like, you know, like it's like, let's start there and build out. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would also say, do your research, (laughs) like see what, see what, see what people are doing because the worst thing is I've had clients that are like, I have an idea for a way to, you know, generate income that's additional to my service that I provide. And I'm like, that sounds great. And then I do research and I'm like, there's like millions of other people who are already doing this for a way higher price. Let's actually, yeah. let's go a different direction. Um, and so just make sure you do your research because you want to make sure that it sticks. I always say, if you don't do your research, it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping it sticks. You want to know what's going to stick. So mm-hmm. just make sure that you're doing yeah. your research, looking at what the industry is doing. Yes. And the last thing I'll say about this is this is, I don't know if this is as lucrative. I'm not sure, but you could do affiliate links. Like that is another way to diversify your income, but you have to be so cautious with that. I think. Yeah. Because your primary should be wedding planning, but yeah, like Brie and I love primarily pure. And so now we get to talk about that and that is an affiliate link for us. But that's come came organically. So I would say that's that would be a secondary thing to encourage you to do. And in Hunter's episode, we talked a lot about that. So yeah. if you haven't listened to that, it's a good place to start. I'm the next question is do wedding planners have to live in big cities to be successful? And like let's just take out wedding planners and say business. There's so much. Yes. So much to business unpack owners. Here. <laughs> do you have to be do you have to live in a big city to be successful? No. <laughs> You don't. <laughs> it, and I want to unpack this a little bit more because it's like, what is your definition of successful? Is there, is your definition a number? Is it mm-hmm. is it a um, is it a feeling? Is it an, a certain amount of clients that you have? Like, what is your definition of successful? Mm-hmm. Everybody's definition is completely different. And I think that is really important to note. Like mm-hmm. you, like you can look at what other people are doing in big cities and think, oh, they're so successful, but that business owner might not feel successful because they haven't reached their definition of success. So first things first, identify what you mm-hmm. want to be successful at and how you want to be successful at it. I think that's the, the first thing, but 
it also depends on the market, right? Like if, if you're a wedding planner, um, but I'll just say business owner in the mm-hmm. wedding industry, there are a ton of people in small towns that are getting married, you know? And so I don't think, I mean, look at how I'll, I'll give an mm-hmm. example of Jenna Kutcher. It's true. Look at Jenna Kutcher. She's from this like middle of middle of nowhere, small town yeah. in Minnesota. And she traveled for her weddings and she found other ways of making income. And now she's, she's just killing it. <laughs> and she's from the smallest town in Minnesota. And I also have clients that are yeah. from, you know, coincidentally from Minnesota and small town post office is 20 minutes away. <laughs> like, you know, like wild. I like yeah. walk up my street two minutes and my post office is there. Right. And so I don't think that it necessarily means that that you're going to, that you need to be successful, live in a big city, because there are also a lot of people who aren't quote unquote successful, even if they're in a big city. So mm-hmm. first things first, identify what success means to you. Second thing is no, you don't have to live in a big city to be successful in the wedding industry. Cause there are a ton of people getting married in small town America. Yes, exactly. And that's the tea for me. How about that? That's the tea. <laughs> also social media, yo, it's a powerful yes. thing. I understand the misconception though. Because it feels like there's a higher volume. There is a higher volume in bigger cities, big cities of people who want what they, you know, who need a service. Where am I going with that? Sorry. Uh, brain fart. So anyways, <laughs> it makes sense that there's a misconception. There's also a lot more people in those cities. So I would be curious to see the stats as to like, if we were to put together like, you know, like let's say there's like a thousand, this is way small, a thousand brides in this, in a big city. Okay, there's probably 50 wedding planners or something. Okay, so you have that ratio. Then you look at a smaller city and you probably have 500 brides. Like what what percent? You have fewer wedding planners typically. So then does the ratio even out? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That that could be just a tangent. But yeah, I agree with you. You don't have to be in a big Yeah, city and just look and if you need any other proof, like just look at wedding planners or just wedding industry people in general in small town America, they're doing really well. Yeah. Oh, one of our Let's Talk Details gals who you also worked with, Clarissa. Yeah. She lives in Texas and I don't even know what city. It's a very small town, like outside Dallas. She's thriving. She's thriving. Thriving. Yeah. So the answer is no. Okay. So Bree, this is a question I want you to answer and it is when should I make a website for my business? I have very little content, so I'm unsure. Mm, this is a great question. So I have a, I actually was just talking to somebody about this literally this morning. I have a process that I think works and I'm not biased at all. <laughs> Slash I totally am because I think it works. So the process that I think when you should build a website is it should look like this. Um, when you hire a marketing agency, <laughs> step one. Two, you do market research first. So you like analyze people in your industry. You get familiar with your direct competitors, your indirect competitors. You position yourself within the industry. You build up your mission statement, your brand pillars, all that stuff. Then you do your branding. So then you do your logos and your favicons and your colors and your fonts and web elements. And then you implement it to a website. Websites, if you are, I don't know, if this person's a photographer or a wedding planner, what whatever they are in the wedding industry or or not, your website should be should be a hub people come to for more information about you. They're looking for credibility and they're also looking for your work. So just if you have, you know, 
<laughs> your work on there. If you have pack information about your services, your packages, information about who you are, um, it's just credibility. But I would go in that order. Market research. Well, sorry, hire a branding agency. Market research, branding, website, implementation. All right. Our next question, Bree, I want you to answer this one. I will speak into it, but I think you have the expertise with this. It is, what would you say is the best way for new wedding planners to market themselves? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I've talked about this before on, I think on the podcast, or maybe just I've talked about it in general, but I honestly think the biggest way to, or the best way to market yourself is just to tell people that you are a wedding planner. (laughs) And I know it sounds really mm-hmm. silly, but the amount of people who like have businesses, but don't tell their family members or network because it's embarrassing for some reason, or like they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to like say it out loud. Um, it's a real disservice because like people know people who know people who know people who have a business or have people who are getting married or whatever it is. Right. And so I honestly think the best thing to do at first is literally just to say you're a wedding planner, like tell everybody that, that that's what you do. Because literally, you'd be surprised on how yeah. many people know people and also how people are willing to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Are willing to send people your way. 100%. My, my add-on to that is show up on social media. I, you don't have, we did a whole episode on four ways to find your ideal couple or client on and off social media. I'm just show up on social media. It is a free tool. Do not put your whole business on social media. Like do not rely entirely on it, but seriously show up on social media, use specific tags, like tag where you are, use geotags, use thoughtful hashtags. Um, if you're posting a picture from a wedding tag, all of the vendors in the photo, and then also tag all the vendors in the caption, double exposure for them. It's the whole, the whole thing. That's what I would say for how to market yourself and tell people about it. But I would say definitely go back and listen to that episode. Four ways to yeah. find your ideal client. Okay, let's jump yep. into assumptions. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, nervous about these. First assumption, we'll both answer these. You're obsessed with coffee. You're obsessed with coffee. That would be true of me. I'm not too obsessed with coffee. Yeah. There are some days where I'll have like a couple cups. Yeah. One time Claire called me out on it. She's like, is that your third cup of coffee in like the first hour? Kind of a lot. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it, it is. I spread um, out my coffee. No, I'm not. I like, yeah, that's, it's it, like, I, I've always told people, I don't have comfort foods. Coffee is my comfort food. Ooh, so that's good. That's why we'll yeah. get it multiple times throughout the day. Um, yeah. Next question is you're extremely organized and have a folder for everything. I mean, next assumption. <laughs> Go ahead, Brie. Um, no. <laughs> I am literally probably the most disorganized business owner there ever was. That's why I have an assistant mm-hmm. <laughs> slash operations manager. Um, yeah, I, I, Claire and I actually have this running joke. We have a Let's Talk Details folder, and I literally can never find it Cannot on find Google. It. Yeah. never can find it on google so um so yeah i that's definitely wrong about me i'm not very organized um and that's why i hired someone to help me yes i would say i'm a pretty organized person yeah i when i you know before the crazier my life got the less organized i got but now i feel like the more adult that i am the crazier my life gets the more organized my life gets because i can't handle I don't want to have extra unnecessary stress. 
Next assumption is I feel like you led a small group in college. <laughs> Happy vibes. That feels important. I did not. Did you? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple. I have what have I have been leading in student ministries at my church for six or seven years. So that's been a minute. I've done oh, it's gotta be six. It's probably seven years. I yeah, definitely did that. And then I have an adult small group. We don't have an official leader, but it did start because I had a conversation with a friend of mine and I said, I feel like we should start a small group. So the answer to that is true. True. I feel like these are all, these assumptions are all very correct about you. What can I say? I'm predictable. <laughs> I'll also say. <laughs> Which I yeah, was not anticipating. Well, yeah. I think also people, like if I ask people, how old do you think I am? I think people would get it wrong. Or like, oh, that's um, true. Okay. I'm curious what people think, how people think I spend my money. Like, you know, it's like that type of thing. I'm curious if they would get that right. Oh. I will say though, this is my last yeah. comment about leading a group. I feel like in college I was, any opportunity to lead was a yes. Now I'm like, I do enough leading in my life. Somebody else can take that over. I'm, mm. I'm much, I'm much more chill. I think now. Someone else can take it. <laughs> sure. You might, you know, it might be an interesting question to ask. What is an assumption that you think people make about you? Um, I think people, are you asking me for real? Yeah. I think people think that I like really have my life together. I think this, I'm forming that based off of people telling me that I'm intimidating and like sometimes people will be like, mm -hmm. you're just such a boss. Like you just really, you just, and I'm like, okay, I do run a business. Thank you. That is very nice of you. But it's not all that I am. I don't, I think people think I'm more like stern or intimidating than I actually am, but I don't know. I definitely think people think I'm older than I am. That's a big one. Yeah. I don't know if people think I'm as much of a homebody as I am. I've become very much a homebody. So Anyways, that's what I think. What about you? What would you say? What do you think people assume of you? Mm. Mm. I was going to say a very similar thing. I think yeah. people think that I have my life together way more than I do. <laughs> Maybe that was a shock for Claire when we really got to know each other because I really don't have my life together that much. I also, I think, I mean, we talked about this in our mental health episode. I think people like assume that I'm happy all the time because I'm pretty bubbly, mm. but sure. I struggle with anxiety and depression. And so I have days where I'm not bubbly and yeah. not happy but I will say I think I think the biggest one is I think people assume I get people tell me all the time that they can see me as like a which is like this is the biggest compliment but they people are like oh you remind me of Jenna Kutcher and I'm like oh I do not have my life together that much yeah but we don't know how much Jenna Kutcher actually has her life together do you know what I'm saying That's I'm true. sure she That's like so true sorry Jenna if you're listening to this but I <laughs> welcome Jenna if you are <laughs> I'm sure that she like definitely has her life together but there's no way to actually tell there's literally no way to actually tell yeah. unless you like said that's it that's true that's true but i do think there's a really yeah. common like miss uh i don't want to say misinformation but like there's this common theme where people think that like any woman entrepreneur has her life together and that just sometimes you just have to like i hate saying this but you really have to like fake it till you make it you really mm -hmm. have to like just do it and you'll you're gonna either learn a lesson or you're gonna thrive or whatever it is but Sometimes that makes me feel like I have a little bit of imposter syndrome right. because I don't have my life together. Right. And I'm telling other women that they should. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it looks different for everybody, honestly. This last one mm-hmm. made me laugh. Definitely is geared towards me, but it is you're always dehydrated because of how much coffee you drink. I feel like you drink <laughs> a lot of water. I do. I literally have like my ma- my yeah. giant mason jar right now. Yeah, she's always drinking water, guys. Don't worry. Full of water. She knows yeah. she's fully aware of how much caffeine she drinks. And I also that spend a lot of time in the sun. Like I like being outside. That's like my breaks. So that I like feel it when I'm dehydrated. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I love yeah, it. Those love are the, the questions and assumptions we're gonna answer for today. There's definitely some that we didn't get to, but we tried to get to as many of them as we possibly can. Um, maybe we'll do another one of these. If you liked it, yeah, let us know. Let us know. This is a little. This is a fun little mini show that we yeah, did. Yeah, it is. It totally is. Yeah, I love it. I think we should do this like like maybe like once a month or something. Once a month. That's a lot. Maybe once every other month. <laughs> let us. You know what? DM us and let us know how these. Yeah, we let us know because we clearly don't agree on it. <laughs> like once a month we record four episodes once a month yeah no thank you um i love it all right well we will catch you guys next week bye bye thank you so much for listening to this episode today we had so much fun answering those questions and are just so excited to get you these answers hopefully you had as much fun as we did if you want to connect with us we love hearing from you in our dms low-key makes me tear up every time i'm not even kidding like we recently got a dm that said you showed up on my tiktok page and i've been binging your podcast and it's inspired me to like actually start my business and i just feel like that is so honored by that so please we love it when you're in our dms you can find me at grit and grace events co on instagram and tiktok and we are at gritandgraceevents.com for our website and then you can find brie at moxie gal marketing on tiktok instagram and our website for her all they all all right we will catch you next week